But that it's Friday. We made it. Welcome to Weather Jazz. This is a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, earth, science, science, and periodically some interesting off-topic things. And we tend to cover those on Open Line Friday. And guess what? Today is Open Line Friday. Friday. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Berninger. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff at WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 155. As we mentioned, yep, it's Friday, and it is February the 19th, 2021. Now, I missed a podcast episode on Wednesday. It was my intention to put something together, but there was so much going on, I quite frankly didn't know where to begin. And plus, there were a number of things going on uh, that I had to uh, focus my attention on first. And it just uh, led to too little time to devote uh, really resources on such an important thing as to talk about and take a look at some of the interesting things going on in the world of weather this week. Record-breaking, big time. Really, frankly, this weather scenario that we are just now beginning to turn the corner on, for those of you listening to us from Texas and Oklahoma and Louisiana and Arkansas, uh, that it's going to take weeks, months, even years to study uh, and figure out how the atmosphere got to do what it did. Uh, record-breaking in so many ways. Record-breaking in snowfall, for instance. This week, since the U.S. had been keeping track of the snowpack across the lower 48, and that was uh, started in 2003, we have set a number of records, maximum records, uh, just about uh, a qu- uh, three quarters, almost 75% of the country. 49 states. The only state not covered by any kind of snowpack is Florida. Every other state had snowpack at some point this week. In fact, most of the week, really. And uh, all of these record setting record-setting and record-smashing low temperatures, all-time record lows, uh, busted and broken. In fact, if you want to see an interesting evolution of what this looks like in the course of one week on one map where the record lows are plotted as blue dots and the all-time record lows for any month and date, etc., are the black dots, Go to my show notes, weatherjazz.com, and uh, take a look at episode number 155. You're going to see that map. That map automatically just, it's in a loop, so you'll get to see the loop. It's a one-week loop and the evolution of the cold air dropping big time all the way down into the uh, south-central states. Uh, Again, this is something that uh, we're going to be looking at 
for many, many weeks and, and maybe even periodically right here on Weather Jazz as new information comes in and as we uh, take a look behind us as to what drove this uh, record-breaking period. We're certainly praying for everybody in the South Central States that have been impacted in such a negative way, uh, whether it be power outages, busted pipes, uh, etc. I was watching the Instagram feed from uh, one of my very good friends in Kansas City, and uh, he's a meteorologist there at KMBC, and his pipes froze. Fortunately, they did not bust because he was able to very, very carefully Uh, thaw them out very slowly, and he got his running water back. That's Brian Busby. For those of you who uh, are not aware of who I'm talking about, Brian Busby, longtime friend, uh, we met when uh, we were at the Weather Channel. I was at the Weather Channel in the early and mid-1980s. He came down for a visit and see what was going on with the Weather Channel, even explored maybe coming on board, uh, but he stayed on in Kansas City where he is like the man when it comes to the uh, meteorology of Kansas City. Uh, And, uh, well, hey, Brian, if you're listening to this podcast, maybe we'll get you on to Weather Jazz and we'll get some new podcast listeners from the breadbasket of the country. That would be very, very cool. So that's an open invitation, Brian. And Brian, by the way, is from Northeast Ohio and uh, comes back periodically. Uh, and uh, so we're in touch all the time. Okay, I am really digressing. Well, today is Open Line Friday, where we give the program over to you and your questions and, periodically, any off-topic things that I may have, and I do have one or two coming up. But before we get to that, let's get to a listener question uh, who called in on our Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect Line. Go. Hi, Andre. It's Will in Brook Park got a question for open line friday how do i know if there will be frost on my windshield at work from home like how can i tell what are the conditions some mornings there's frost some mornings there isn't frost it's cold every morning what causes frost what are the conditions is it a dew point temperature thing or how does that work bye bud love the podcast take care well, Will, what a fantastic question, and what a great question to start off today's Weather Jazz episode, frost. Certainly, we all deal with frost if you live anywhere in the northern two-thirds of the United States, even all the way down to South Texas in this particular scenario. In fact, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, on a bit of a tangent, had 133 hours, continuous hours, where the temperature stayed below freezing. That's uh, essentially five days. That's a lot of time for Dallas. Now, for northern cities, we're kind of used to that, but uh, not so much in Dallas. All right, let's get back to Will's question about frost. What determines whether or not you're going to have to deal with uh, essentially scraping off that frost in the morning if you have a vehicle that's parked outside and not protected by a garage. And, uh, Will, you're essentially on the right track with the dew point. 
Now, when you get temperatures that cold, essentially below freezing, we still call it the dew point, even though really technically it should be called the frost point because dew doesn't form, frost forms. Frost would form on the grass, frost would form on your windshield, etc. But the difference uh, or the, the answer to your question in this particular scenario is in fact, how close to the frost point you are with the temperature. You see, if uh, you wake up and it's 20 degrees, but the dew point is zero, it's unlikely you're going to see very much frost on your windshield or on the lawn. That's because the temperature isn't so cold as to force the atmosphere to get rid of some of its moisture. But when the temperature is close to the frost point, let's call it the frost point, even though we all know that uh, uh, on a broad base, we all call it the dew point in science and meteorology. But let's say it's 27 degrees and the dew point or the frost point, whatever you want to call it, is 26 or 25. That's very close. So that says that the atmosphere is, is getting really, really close to the point where it has to get rid of its moisture. How does it do that? Well, it gets rid of its moisture by uh, essentially sublimating it from the vapor state right to the solid state. It doesn't do that to the liquid state because it's below freezing. And so that is one of the ways that you know you're going to see frost. If, if the temperature... And the dew point, when it's below freezing, are very, very, very close. Uh, one more element which may mitigate the development of frost on your windshield would be wind. Uh, if there's a lot of wind stirring the atmosphere up, uh, first of all, it's unlikely that the temperature and the dew point are very close together. Uh, probably a, a bit more of a comfortable spread. But even if it was, the wind would probably assist in making sure that those, um, those uh, vapor molecules of H2O don't, don't suddenly sublimate, sublimate rather on something vis-a-vis -vis your uh, windshield or the lawn, or that kind of thing. So the stronger the wind, the lower the chance that you're going to see some frost. Most times when you wake up in the morning and you're having to scrape the frost off the windshield, uh, it's a morning where it is clear, calm, and cold. And the temperature has pretty much snuggled up really, really close to the dew point, or the frost point, whichever you prefer. Great question, Will. If you have a question that you would like to submit, the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line is always there waiting for your question. Just call it any time. You'll be prompted by the instructions. And the number is 234-525-5888. And uh, if that's too fast for you, no worries. Just go to weatherjazz.com, any episode and you will be able to extract the number from every single episode because I highlight that so that uh, it's very easy to find. Well, it is Open Line Friday, which means that from time to time, I carry subjects that are a little off-topic, and this is actually a follow-up to a conversation that I had with Jeff Kennedy 
formerly from KWWL-TV Channel 7, the NBC affiliate in Waterloo, Iowa, the conversation that, that we had over the weekend. So I split it up into two. The first was really very technically oriented based on the, the very deep cold uh, that uh, they experienced. Uh, they were much closer to the epicenter of the cold um, on Sunday and Monday and even Tuesday. Um, but in this particular case, we veered into a topic which is very furry and very fun. And the topic was his cat. You see, he's been sending me photos of Tubby, his cat, recently. And so I started asking him about his cat and where the cat came from, that kind of thing. Now, I'm going to post pictures of Tubby on weatherjazz.com on the show notes, so go check it out. In the meantime, we'll not only do that, but I also talk to him about his faith life. And here's the reason why, because he and I have a faith story which is remarkably similar. You see, uh, just like Jeff, um, and in my particular case, uh, I had a wonderful faith foundation uh, that was established by my family and by my community all around me. However, sometimes it just it, it takes a, a, a person, one person who has the gift for you of communicating all of the elements of the the base that has been established and kind of putting it all together in, in a way that makes sense and to take that home, in other words, to hit that home run, to to bring the batter, or to bring yeah, to bring the batter uh, around third base and send him home, and that's exactly what happened to Jeff. It it was uh, he had a great uh, great foundation, as you'll hear, but it took one person who kind of understood where he was coming from and understood the questions that he had to finally allow him to run from third base to home. Uh, I'll just leave it at that, and I'm going to let him tell you the story. But first, let's get introduced to Tubby, the Iowa Waterloo cat. Well, let's shift gears because this is what I'm going to drop in and talk about on Friday, Open Line Friday. It's kind okay. of a goofy day and uh, an opportunity to... to to talk about things sometimes other than other than weather and one of the things that caught my attention was your cat uh, i'm going to post pictures of uh, of your cat okay uh, on weatherjazz.com uh, <laughs> on uh, the episode that we're running right now okay but uh, you caught my attention not only with your cat but also the story behind your cat and how oh, sure. it came to you. So sure. your cat's name is Tubby. <laughs> yes. Maybe not politically correct, but that's it. <laughs> and and the, that that story in and of itself is interesting. If you want to go ahead and tell that, how did your cat get a story and how did your cat come to you? Um, we were, I think it was July. It'll be three years ago. Uh, we were sleeping and it, it wasn't a particularly hot night. So we had the windows open in the house and we heard um, sounded like a car alarm, kind of this beep, beep, beep outside the window. And I thought, 
it might have been a raccoon or a possum or something. Um, we live out in the country, so there's coyotes and there's deer, and I had no clue. Um, the next afternoon, we were outside, and we heard that same noise. And my daughter and her boyfriend were outside with us, and they went over to the next-door neighbor's house, and they brought over this little kitty that was about that big, maybe eight or ten weeks old. I had no idea where the kitty came from, but, of course, my daughter has a soft spot in her heart for kitties, and so we cleaned the kitty up and we fed the kitty and the kitty moved in and the kitty now thinks she owns the place. Of course. That's so, the way it always works. <laughs> Someone said dogs have owners and cats have staff. And that's, that's the way it is with us. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful cat. And uh, she, she's a real, uh, she's a keeper. And I'm glad you did oh, yeah. because uh, I bet you she makes uh, life interesting. Oh, she does. Um, Jolene, my wife is a quilter, so she has all of her quilting equipment in the basement. And when, uh, Jolene is downstairs, the cat is downstairs and she'll, she likes to climb on things as cats do. So she'll climb up on top of the quilting machine and sit there and look at Jolene like, what? You're you got a problem with this <laughs> or a chair or a, the TV or whatever she, she decides to climb on. And that's, that's just what cats do. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly putting pictures of Frosty on my Instagram account. Uh -huh. Of course, you can't go wrong with, with cats, kids, and food, which is primarily <laughs> my Instagram diet when, when I throw stuff <laughs> up there, and clouds, too. Very, yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, Frosty is just one of those cats. Frosty came to us in a blizzard, okay. uh, cold right after a blizzard and very cold air, and... Uh -huh. um, that's why it is named Frosty, uh, and uh, but it loves to hang out with you. And kind of, if, if we're in a room conversing as a family, mm -hmm. Frosty will show up, plop down, and just listen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Frosty just loves conversation and loves being a part of the conversation, even if it's just blinking at you. We both huh? work during the day, so Tubby is home by herself most days from about 8 till 5 or so. And when we come home, um, she'll be taking a nap or just lounging, and she'll sort of look at you like, you know, okay, you're, you're home now. It's it, it's my my turf here, but you know, you can come in. It's all right. Just you know, don't disturb me and don't expect me to do anything with you or give you any of my attention because I'm I'm the cat and you're the you're the guy. So, <laughs> well, you're there in in. Uh, Northeast Iowa, and yes. I remember my days of Northeast Iowa. Of course, uh, you and I were competitors. We didn't really know each other back then. That was 1981 right. Right. Uh, or early 1982, and we were essentially competing against each other. You were on the NBC station. I was on the CBS station, uh, and we didn't really get to know one another until I moved to Cleveland, uh, which, which has been a real delight. I remember my days in Northeast uh, Iowa as being filled with farm life all over the place. And it sounds yeah. like you live in a rural part of Northeast uh, uh, Iowa. Now you have a cat, but have you ever had any other animals there? Um, we have not. We've had cats. We just had a, a cat that we had to put to sleep last fall. That was another one of the cats that we kind of inherited. Um, we live... Um, near a highway and we were always concerned about a dog or a cat getting hit on the highway so far so good with tubby though she seems she'll go outside during the day and we won't see her again until evening 
and she uh, she seems to be smart enough that she stays in her yard and um we haven't had any issues with her um we in fact none of our cats have ever been hit by a car we we, we were just concerned about you know a dog maybe doesn't stay as close to home as a cat might uh, maybe i'm wrong on that but we've we've just never thought that it'd be a good idea for us for us to have a dog that would just kind of run free so no pigs no cows <laughs> uh, but you probably can hear them off in the oh, off sure. in the distance um our neighbor across the highway has cattle, so we can hear them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and miscellaneous wildlife, like I, I think I mentioned, coyotes, we can hear them at night. Um, birds, uh, raccoons, possums, all the yeah, all the wildlife that you could dream of uh, living out in the in the sticks. That's that's what we have. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that we have in common that uh, we discovered through conversation is our faith life, and uh, that connects us in a, in a kind of a fun, special way. And it it, it doesn't surprise me be, because of your personality, and and uh, you just spot somebody who has that that pillar as the center of their life, that faith pillar, just kind of recognize that. So that has been an interesting thing because I think you and I have the same upbringing uh, when we were growing up, um, that faith element, which really exploded for me when I was an, an, an adult. I was uh, born and raised in the Catholic church. I did all the Catholic things. I was an altar boy. I was a lector. Um, I went through catechism. I was confirmed. Um, as a college student, of course, being a good college student, I, I began to have a few questions about my faith. Um, and I went to confession one time and I asked the priest. Um, and I, I really didn't know much about uh, where in the Bible Jesus was saying this, but he, I said to the priest, now I know somewhere, you know, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who hears me and opens the door, I'll come into him and abide with him and he with me. I said to the priest, that's what I want to do. How do I do that? Um, it might have been a week or two later, I was living at our fraternity house over the summer, and some guys with Campus Crusade for Christ came to our house, and one guy was named Eddie Perez, and I just asked Eddie, I said, you know, I, can I talk to you sometime about, you know, I've just got some questions, and he said, sure. So we went and we sat on the grass between the State Historical Society and the Memorial Library, and he read to me the, the little yellow book called The Four Spiritual Laws, and I like things to be simple and clear-cut. I'm a, I consider myself kind of a simple-minded man. Um, that just made sense to me. And we read through the four spiritual laws, and he said, well, what do you think? I said, well, I know all that. He said, what? I said, yeah, that's, I mean, I've been taught that from, a, you know, day one. It's nothing that I don't know already. He said, well, uh, do you want to pray? And I said, well, yeah. And, and that was July 1980. And you know, some people call it being born again or being saved or receiving eternal life or whatever you want to call it. That's what happened to me that day. And, um, you know, faith been been growing ever since. So that's that's kind of how I met the Lord. That's fantastic. It's a great story. Uh, yeah. The foundation was laid and uh, it, it just, uh, it took that one person to kind of pull everything together. Same thing happened to me in my book, The Extra Mile. I talk about George Crop, a friend of my sister's who okay. essentially did the same thing. We had all of, all of the all of the foundation there, 
but it took George Crop to kind of pull everything together and make sense of it all uh, to the point where I said, yeah, that's what I want. I want uh, Christ in my life. And, yeah. and uh, that, was, that was the turning point. I think maybe with me, Andre, it, it might have been a little bit fear-driven too. I was just coming out of school and about to, you know, start into the real world and just the fear of the unknown. And I thought, well, I don't want to do this all by myself. This is a scary place to be. And just having some kind of reassurance that, you know, uh, if I get run over by a concrete truck, what's going to happen to me? And I, I, I always had that question in the back of my mind. You know, we, we talked in Sunday school that the nuns would, they told us that your soul is white until you sin. And then you get a little smudge that gets put on your soul. And, and after you confess your sins, then your soul is white again. And they said, the only way to get into heaven is to have a perfectly clean white soul. And I thought, well, uh, I can't do that. I, there's no way my soul is going to have smudges. I, I, I walk out of the door of the church after going to confession, and I, and I immediately think something I'm not supposed to think or say something I'm not supposed to say or do something I'm not supposed to do. So I'm going to have a smudge somewhere. And what's going to happen to me if I'm on that airliner and it goes down in flames and I don't get a chance to go to confession in time to cleanse my soul? What's going to happen to me? And that really bothered me a lot. And, mm -hmm. and I know that the Catholics talk about a place called purgatory where it's not bad, but it's not good. And it's a place where you stay until people here pray enough for you. And I'm probably oversimplifying that, but I thought to myself, well, what, uh, what if people forget about me and don't pray for me? Then what? You know, what if, what if they don't light enough candles for me or uh, whatever they're supposed to do to redeem my soul? What if they forget to do that? Uh, so it, it just made a lot more sense um, to me to have it be a, kind of a cut and dried thing. It's like either you got it or you don't got it. And I, I wanted to got it. So I, I got it. I've always had an interest in people's life-changing stories, and that was certainly uh, one of them. Uh, Jeff having the very, very strong faith foundation that his family set, but it took somebody to be able to kind of assemble it in a way that made sense, and uh, that's when uh, his faith journey took off. And that's what we tend to do on Open Line Fridays. Uh, we tackle topics that uh, are just outside the boundaries of weather and science at times, and it could be as simple as a cat and how that pet came into that person's life. Or in, also, in Jeff's case, his uh, faith journey, which I find fascinating because of the parallels that it had with my own. And in case you had any uh, interest in mine, you can always grab a copy of The Extra Mile. It is an autobiographical timeline that uh, I wrote back in 2011, and it is not an autobiography in the traditional sense, really. It's about the people that came alongside me over the course of my lifetime that made me who I am. It's about them. It's not really about me, but by understanding how these people came by my side and walked with me that extra mile, you'll help me, or it will help you to understand uh, just exactly who I am and uh, what my story is. So that's available on Amazon.com. Again, the book is called The Extra Mile. However, guess what? You don't even need to buy a copy 
because all month long, this month and next month, February and March of 2021, anyone who becomes a supporter at any one of three levels, the lowest of which is 99 cents a month, in the month of February and March 2021, again, you'll receive a copy, a signed copy of my autobiographical timeline book, the extra mile, I'll send it to you. Now, once you become a supporter, make sure that you send me an email at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And why is that? Well, I will need to get some information so that I can send you your book. I'll see you when you become a supporter, but then send me an email right away and let me know, hey, I became a supporter and um, I would love to claim my book. If you'd like to be a supporter, you'll find the link at the bottom of this episode at weatherjazz.com. My supporters thus far, Christine Barnes in Ohio, Rose Moore in Ohio, Bill Martin in Florida, Andrea Rich in Tennessee. I'd love to add your name to that. And again, you get the benefit of getting the extra mile if you want. By the way, if you have a question or a topic suggestion, I welcome your input. You can easily reach me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com and now also via voicemail by calling the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line 234-525-5888. All of this information is available on the show notes, episode 155 at weatherjazz.com. Com. All right, we're going to catch you uh, next week. We'll dig into current affairs on Monday, a science topic on Wednesday, open line Friday, and uh, it's all coming your way. And I trust that next week will be much, much quieter. The winds aloft are going to give us a little bit of a break from that deep, deep cold and all that snowpack. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll catch you on Monday right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.